Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, and today I'm very excited for this episode. The second recording of the year, we're going to be diving into the Cosmos ecosystem. We have two fantastic guests who I'm excited to have on the show. If you two want to just dive right in, introduce yourselves, share your backstory, maybe how you guys got introduced to the ecosystem, and then we'll dive right into it. All right. Well, thanks for having us, Frank. It's good to see you again. I think last time we saw each other was in uh, Prague, if I'm not mistaken. So good to see you. Um, So I'm Yelena. Uh, I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Noble. Noble is a Cosmos project. uh, So we're the native uh, asset issuance chain for the ecosystem. Uh, We brought uh, native USDC to Cosmos and um, we'll be bringing on more assets on board, uh, one of which we'll we'll talk about on the the podcast today. Uh, So I've been a, a core contributor to the ecosystem for the past four years or so. Um, actually got introduced to the ecosystem um, as a result of all of my uh, sort of grievances with other ecosystems that I was sort of familiar with. Um, never really jived with the idea of a world computer or like one global state machine. Um, always kind of kind of really recognize the importance of things like sovereignty and, and kind of like, you know, permissionless um, sort of communication, things that the cosmos brings. And so, yeah, really found myself myself in the ecosystem quite uh, naturally. Um, was previously working um, with two other projects. Uh, one is Definity, which is the internet computer, and then the other one is uh, briefly worked at Cello. So yeah, been in the space for quite a number of years and uh, uh, excited to be chatting about Cosmos with you. Yeah, very excited. And then we also have Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Sam Hart. I am the head of product and strategy at Skip, um, which is a Kind of cross-chain UX, uh, MEV kind of application platform. Um, we do a lot of work with many, many Cosmos chains. Um, and I'm co-founder of a project called TimeWave, which does um, a kind of DAO-to-DAO or, or protocol-to-protocol deal-making. Um, I have been in the Cosmos ecosystem for uh, over three years. Um, I was working at the ICF. Um, where I did, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I was kind of charged with like reassembling the Cosmos ecosystem after, uh, Tenorman Inc melted down. Um, so set up contracts and scoped work with all the, the core teams and including informal where, where Elena was working for, for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I've done a lot of kind of, uh, product strategy, kind of ecosystem strategy and, and product management for um, various things in the ecosystem. And um, as part of my my work with Skip and, and TimeWave, I, I end up doing just a lot of kind of side questy type stuff to to make sure that there's kind of core resources available. Um, so uh, put the the kind of MetaMask integration together. Um, we've been doing a bunch of work with, with Elena on CC2P and, and making that usable. Um, think, things like that uh, and working with the eigenlayer folks. Elena, there's been a lot of additions, right, to the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, Noble, DYDX, Celestial, Celestia. What, what's the current state of the Cosmos ecosystem? 
Um, how, how uh, give us a lay of the land, how broad it is and maybe what pieces or components are, are missing. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. So, you know, I, I look at sort of the uh, evolution of the kind of Cosmos project and, and the ecosystem kind of in three phases. So the first phase, I think we can go back all the way to 20, 2014 or so was the uh, invention of Tenderman. And, and and then subsequent to that was the Cosmos, uh, original Cosmos white paper. So you had the original kind of co-founders of the project um, that laid the grounds for um, this uh, interoperable sovereign ecosystem of many blockchains communicating with each other, um, kind of innovating, uh, kind of uh, on top of their uh, sort of app chain or application specific blockchain, and uh, that was really the, the, the groundwork that the, that sort of theoretical framework. Um, a lot of the kind of vocabulary, the concepts, sort sort of emerged from the, that uh, those early kind of days uh, of research, and then. The second phase um, was the launch of the Cosmos Hub itself. So this was the first, um, yes, the first chain, the first Cosmos chain to launch. Right. So when we talk about Cosmos, we t- we're talking about a kind of framework for um, sort of blockchain development and maybe even more esoterically, um, sort of a philosophy for um, kind of development and how kind of uh, you know things should evolve uh, more of like a you know, a worldview, call it. Uh, and so that uh, followed um, kind of the launch of the Cosmos Hub and, and the Atom Token. Uh, and so that was sort of the second phase. And then you had many teams sort of form around around that development. Obviously, you had originally um, uh, All in Bits um, to, or Tendermint Inc. that S- Sam alluded to. Uh, you had the Interchain Foundation, which Sam uh, obviously worked at. Um, you cr- have Informal Systems, which is another core contributor all sort of working around the Cosmos Hub itself, uh, and then really the third phase was other bro- uh, projects coming 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 to fruition uh, that took um, sort of advantage and leverage those core primitives and then kind of developed them and and made them even even more impressive and robust and, and usable. Uh, whether that's things like the SDK or IBC, which we can get into more details on. And so that third phase is, uh, you know, the Osmosis of the world, the DYDXs of the world, Noble. Um, Celestia definitely, uh, definitely um, takes, um, I think, a lot of inspiration from from the Cosmos sort of vision and even uh, some of those kind of technical primitives. Uh, you have Barachain, um, kind of uh, that'll be launching their mainnet soon. Um, you have... Uh, you know, so many. If if uh, this is not an exhaustive list, so I'm not trying to leave anybody out. But really, you have so many projects that have sort of spun up um, as a result of these um, sort of uh, you know primitives that you know have been developing slowly over the years, and now really I think are ready for prime time. Terra is another example, actually, that was a or is a Cosmos project that took advantage of of, of a lot of those um, components. So we're in that third phase. Um, of development, of maturation. And I just can't wait to see, you know, the cool things that people will sort of build and come up with. It's really sort of a a choose your own adventure kind of playground. How does this idea of sovereign blockchains on Cosmos contrast with maybe the perceived social dynamic of Ethereum alignment in the Ethereum ecosystem? And also like break down maybe in parallel this idea of like cosmos being a philosophy like what does that what it seems seems a bit it might sound a bit odd to to some some folks there are a couple different ways to approach this but um one that might be more familiar with folks is just the the open source 
uh, philosophy or ecosystem. Um, I think there is a really strong kind of ideological core to um, free software, open source software, and um, the the kind of reuse of, of primitives and the kind of open innovation that's that's created or, around um, distribution of of free software. And so, Cosmos takes a lot of inspiration from that, um, and. The, these core components of so IBC, um, Tendermint or Comet, uh, and the application framework Cosmos SDK are, are all um, pieces of open source software that, that anyone can pick up and, and kind of assemble in, in the way that they, they choose. They can also swap out components. So if they don't want to use IBC or they don't want to use Cosmos SDK, they can build something else. Um, and uh, people often kind of misassociate like the Cosmos Hub with the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, it was kind of the first first chain to be launched, and it is a, a maybe a community center, um, but uh, it is not uh, a settlement layer. It's not. Um, uh, it doesn't play the same role. Is, is it is it maybe like a, a, a framework from which people can kind of adjust, build on? Yeah, so it it is a uh, an application stack. Um, I, I kind of analogize it to the Jam stack. If anyone's familiar with uh, from kind of software programming background, which is it's a it's a design pattern. Actually, it's basically like I'm going to build an app chain. Um, so I need a consensus and a way to build the app, and then I need to, a way to network those app applications together. Um, so it gives you those uh, kind of core um, shapes. And you could plug in the components that that you want into that kind of framework. Um, and when you're coming from an application development perspective, um, it, it just makes a lot of sense. You're like, okay, I, I'm a CTO of a of an organization that wants to deploy a new DeFi application. Like, how do I choose my my framework? Well, okay, I I have these needs and. Um, Basically, Cosmos is like, okay, well, we're going to uh, allow developers uh, this kind of modular, um, uh, kind of pluggable framework where you can say, this is how I want to design my application. I want it to be written in Go or Rust or whatever. I want it to have this execution environment. And then I want it to interact with the outside world in this way. Um, so it's really just kind of coming directly from that. The application developers, uh, it, it takes the application developers lens and then um, uh, works from there rather than I want to be in the Ethereum ecosystem. How do I like work backwards from that? So Frank, I'll give you one um, specific example of like this sort of um, process. So um but a year, a year ago, a year, sorry, a year and a half ago, uh, t- time is moving so quickly. Um, we had um, actually uh, early discussions. Uh, so this was back in the day, early discussions with Circle on, you know, how do we um, issue native USCC and Cosmos, right? So to Sam's point, if you come from a monolithic blockchain environment like Ethereum, you kind of work backwards from from those um, sort of processes, right? So we all know, like on ETH, you would deploy a smart contract. It would have the sort of native capabilities of burning, minting, redeeming, 
blacklisting, whitelisting, and so on. It's a relatively straightforward process. In Cosmos, because you have this highly modular um, sort of segregated stack where you can, you know, use one, let's say, execution environment over another, you can maybe use one um, sort of uh, application deployment environment, something like the SDK versus something like Cosmosm. Um, all of a sudden, you have so many different, so many more choices and an abundance of sort of, um, you know, paths you can take to do something as you know, simple. Going back to the build your own adventure story uh, mantra. Exactly, exactly. And so you have this, um, you know, you have a plethora of options and you have different ways you could design it. And really, again, for something as simple as sort of native asset issuance. And so uh, with with Noble and in the early days when we started kind of, you know, having those conversations with, um, you know, such a reputable reputable entity like, like a circle with a incredible sort of uh, market traction with their USDC, we had to be very careful and very thoughtful on how we did that, right? Because in Cosmos, it's not as straightforward as inheriting the base layer and inheriting the security, inheriting the sort of, uh, you know, environment like, 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 like an Ethereum or a Solana or something, um, you know, kind of more monolithic in nature. And so, um, that was the, the, the kind of the, the process we had to take, um, uh, even before Noble launched, um, in the early days to really consider, Mm the different options on the table. Do you think that we'll see more successful apps maybe follow the DYDX playbook and launch as sovereign applications? Well, Sam had a really great uh, post in the MakerDAO forum. I, I think it'd be great for you to share some of that. Um, oh, yes. That, that actually is a good tie-in. Um, I mean, I don't know that Maker is going to, to use Cosmos SDK, but I thought I'd like throw the cosmos hat in the ring because it, it was kind of mentioned as the the other like alternative um and uh we've definitely seen a bunch of interest in in um ethereum applications that want to kind of grow out of a smart contract um framework into their own app chain um i've also been working a bit with the the eigenlayer folks and and teams in that ecosystem that so that allows you to kind of like split the difference you can build an application with the Cosmos SDK, but have it um, uh, integrated into the Ethereum kind of capital stack. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I imagine there's going to be many, many more. I, I've talked to, to several folks who um, the Cosmos stack is just kind of like the right set of tools for them. So it actually just kind of meets their needs. From another angle as well, um, the Cosmos stack and, and kind of the capabilities um, we've sort of alluded to are definitely part of the equation for a lot of these projects. But uh, another uh, piece is also just generally the network effects that you kind of get in Cosmos when you do uh, sort of uh, launch your own Cosmos chain and uh, get the um, you know benefits of things like permissionless interoperability out of the box with something like IBC, the Inner Blockchain Communication Protocol. So, um, you know, we before we got on this uh, uh, on, on the podcast, Sam and I were just quickly uh, checking out on some metrics. In the last thirty days, we've actually seen four billion dollars worth of um, transfers, uh, IBC transfers within the ecosystem. So these are token transfers uh, uh, taking place uh, between uh, Cosmos chains. So it's me sending my um, you know Tia to Osmosis, so I can swap it for USD. See and and maybe take advantage of some of that activity, or it's something like buying, uh, you know, an NFT with USDC on an NFT app chain like a Stargaze. Um, so uh, the network effects, I think, are something that we talk a lot about in the Ethereum space. 
uh, as we should. Uh, it's obviously where a lot of the mind share is, but um, I think it's a little bit underestimated um, how much of that also exists in the Cosmos ecosystem. What type of projects are suited most for app chains? I think there is a, a degree of maturity that um, where it makes sense to have an app chain. Um, app chain is is really just vertical integration of your application. So you know, another way to ask this question is like, when does it make sense to vertically integrate? Um, and that's when uh, you know you have a user base. Um, you want to kind of uh, optimize the transaction flows, capital flows within your system. Um, so uh, certainly makes sense for um, a DYDX to, uh, you know, they are at the level of maturity where like, okay, well, we really want to um, give close attention to how MEV works in our system and tightly control that and, um, you know, modulate certain aspects of the transaction supply chain. Uh, there are a couple things that are kind of uniquely uh, enabled by um, the comets and and having your own app chain. So you can do very interesting things with um, credible auctions. Uh, you can do uh, there are a number of folks that are um, integrating uh, MPC protocols. Um, these are things that kind of require multiple entities to come together and um, and perform some function together in order for the application to leverage that uh, specific functionality. So we're also, I think, going to see a lot of blurring of lines between things like a decentralized prover network or decentralized sequencer network and an app chain. Like, ultimately, they look very similar. Even a DBT, uh, distributed validator technology, like these are consensus protocols with a small quorum like that is effectively a small cosmos chain um and the uh it's it's just a an application pattern a design pattern that makes sense for for many different applications the thing i'd add to that is um the ability to create highly customized like workflows so um just one example uh noble is working with a large um, gaming uh, development company called uh, Crafton. So they're actually the makers behind PUBG. Uh, they uh, recently announced their uh, plans to launch a Cosmos chain to do uh, creator payouts um, uh, in, uh, in stable coins, one of those being USDC. And so uh, something, um, you know, like this use case or this um, application where you have Crafton, a gaming development company that has this large off-chain operation, um, you know, they're a multi-billion dollar uh, Korean uh, public publicly traded company, you know, they want to be on-chain, they want to have these workflows where they can, in this case, credit gaming game uh, developers in um, native USDC, but they also have highly um, kind of strict compliance requirements. Um, and so, you know, having these kind of customizable workflows kind of on the back end, leveraging, you know, the properties of, of IBC, for example, in this case, is, um, is is something that you can do in Cosmos, something that can be kind of, rem, you know, figured out relatively, um, you know, intuitively. Whereas I think, um, you know, in other environments, you, you it's not as um, interoperable or, or maybe as customizable. Um, so really the standards that we're converging on, um, you know, in, in the space, um, you know, I think uh, make a lot of these things to happen uh, with, with relative ease. And when you think about like projects like Dimension, 
Caldera. How do these roll app projects impact the app chain thesis? Yeah. Like would it won't it won't it be easier for projects to launch as rollups than standalone blockchains? Yeah, and and that's fine. Uh, honestly, the really what the modular uh, so you can kind of say like Cosmos was the original like modular architecture. Really, what like um, what's been done with a rollup is you have um, well, just in contrast with Cosmos, like basically we have a consensus and application framework and interoperability. Interop is basically our version of settlement, um, like multi-party settlement. Um, what you've done in the modular architecture is you've broken apart the consensus layer into data availability um, and proving. And um, that is just like a, basically it's a, a cost optimization. Um, and that makes a lot of sense for folks. So, I mean, I'm like very supportive of that kind of architecture if, if people want to go down that route. Um, I, we've been working super closely with Celestia folks and um, there will be an ecosystem of rollups um, within Cosmos. Cosmos is a great way to build a rollup. Um, it doesn't make sense in all cases. Um, Celestia itself is a Cosmos chain, uses Cosmos SDK and Comet BFT. Um, and uh, if you want to build the next Celestia, then you know maybe you want your own sovereign chain. Um, so there's there's kind of a, a time and a place for, for rollups. There's a time and a place for sovereign app chains. Kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, and I, I mean, when I'm talking to to folks about their you know the kind of decision make it matrix around this, like I try to just give them like a sober like, okay, this is what you're getting from a rollup. This is what you're getting from having your own application chain and. There's actually kind of grades in between these. If if you want to do, if you want to restake your Cosmos application, um, you can maybe purchase basically like a, an insurance bond and um, secure the network that way. And um, it's not black. It's not black or white. Yeah. Yeah. The and developers, in my mind, should be thinking about like what is best for their users, um, and just selecting the architecture that that makes the most sense for them. Uh, on that basis. Yeah. Even in the Noble uh, use case, so as a Cosmos app chain, we currently have a proof of authority validator set. Um, so we actually very uh, intentionally decided to launch with a POA set, um, uh, which is very uh, contrary to the typical uh, playbook for Cosmos chains, which launch with a token, they bootstrap a validator set, they typically use that native token for gas. Um, for security, um, you know, for incentives and things like this. Whereas for Noble, we decided let's launch with the POA chain um, and make sure that our infrastructure is sort of reliable and robust before we introduce a token. But uh, within that conversation, um, we've actually considered Celestia uh, for data availability. So even as a Cosmos mm. proof of authority chain, um, we we can we can go down that path, um, which you know I think for Noble makes a lot of sense. So having um, a data availability layer for something as sort of important as posting um, kind of uh, data like like the kind of Noble data that that is processed, things like you know obviously uh, transactions, mints, redeems, um, you know in the in the future 
it would become even more complicated once you have yeah, real world assets into the mix um, is, is definitely a, like a good a good use case. So it's not even necessarily um, to Sam's point. Um, at all a kind of binary uh, if or like decision making framework uh, roll up or app chain you can actually um, sort of have a nice um, kind of middle middle ground as well where you can leverage Celestia for DA uh, but kind of retain uh, some of that sovereignty that uh, in, in our cases is really important uh, for, for our application. Should we talk a little bit about Noble? Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so like you know I feel like Something that is very important to you is figuring out how to just onboard new people into our space, for lack of a better word. Walk us through um, how, how could how could projects and ecosystems do a better job of that, and how are you doing that um, via Noble for Cosmos? It's a great question uh, and a very complicated one, I think. Um, so. I mean, first of all, my kind of intentions uh, alongside my co-founders and sort of group of early advisors, of which uh, Sam is definitely one, um, you know, our intention was always to um, just demonstrate the kind of sheer power of the Cosmos stack in a way that is relatable and and, and meaningful. Um, and in this case, uh, we are, uh, you know, a group of people that saw um, sort of what can go wrong um, when something like UST depegging um, kind of happens, right? And so um, that's sort of like our background and kind of always, it, it was always our um, sort of mo- mo- motivation because we, we recognized it's really important to have a sort of sense of stability and kind of security when you're in such a tumultuous and um, sort of complicated, uh, you know, environment, which I think all of crypto is, but I think it takes on a new level in the Cosmos ecosystem because you do have this sovereignty, you have this sense of, you know, PVP sometimes, and you have the sense of um, sort of uncertainty. And so, you know, for Noble, it was always about how do we bring in the most reputable blue chip um, kind of legitimate um, kind of entities introduce them to Cosmos in a way that is accurate, um, but also not just introduce them, but get them, you know, um, get, you know, get them natively issued in, in the case of USDC in, in, in the ecosystem. So, you know, for us, we, we, we see a lot of challenges, I think, around user experience, uh, around integration points. Um, this is something that we work on every single day, making sure things like native USDC for the Cosmos ecosystem is as easily accessible as possible. Um, but also in, in the, in the process, we're doing, we're trying to do a lot of education on why, um, you know, of how we can improve, how we can, um, you know, do better. So, you know, it just, it it truly warms my heart every time somebody says they have a good experience, uh, something as simple as transacting with you or uh, using USDC in the ecosystem, because, this is something that was actually very hard to do <laughs> um, before we got native issuance, um, you know, with bridging and wrapped versions and um, unwrapping and redeeming and paying. I've got to try it soon. I still haven't. I, I, well, Frank, I that'll can. That'll be something on my to-do list. Please do. Uh, <laughs> uh, please do. Because but I've been big. I've been, big. I've, been, I've been exploring, you know, you know, Davis, our producer is very, very much a cosmos wonk. And I think he's going to have, too much fun editing this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still a newbie. I'm still a Cosmos boomer. 
God. But I'm I'm getting there. I I'm doing. I have Tia, obviously. Um, I have it staked on Kepler, which is very exciting. Lovely. I know it's very it's, already started. It's very exciting. See, that's a complicated workflow right there. I mean, what I'm describing. I mean, it, it wasn't real complicated. I mean, I had to when I was trying to figure out how to stake and pick my like delegators. I did like boomer out and pick the one that gave zero yield by accident. Oh no. It's like basically like gives the warning where it's like, do not stake with this one because you're not going to get any money. Poly <laughs> I'm like left curve. Can add a little bit of color to your, your question about Noble. I So to, to kind of go back to the previous analogy, like a lot of this is kind of viewed as open source software. We're, we're kind of in the stage where there are companies that are, they're kind of, commercializing the software and trying to like create more in an integrated set of applications. So um, I would put Noble in that bucket. Like they are using some of these off-the-shelf components and trying to provide kind of like a a more integrated experience for uh, a traditional business to interact with Cosmos. Um, And uh, the work that I'm doing with with Noble on the skip side is, uh, you know, we're kind of like a development partner where we're, we're trying to do a whole bunch of kind of like abstraction and um, uh, usability improvements to integrate with a, a bunch of the uh, the outside ecosystem. So the, the rest of Cosmos. So once you've onboarded to Noble, once you've, once you've issued assets to Noble, like how do you transport them to Osmosis or how do you swap it for Tia? Um, and uh, we, yeah, I'd say that that's a big emphasis in the ecosystem at large right now is like, okay, there's some really good components. How do we really make them like easier to use simpler, um, uh, just kind of level up the experience for, um, both a, a tradi- you know, a, a retail user, a, you know, user of the application, um, and a, a business that wants to, to onboard and, and kind of connect their, um, yeah, their uh, traditional assets or user base to um, to the rest of the network. What type of what type of non crypto entities are you seeing interested in that? You mentioned that gaming company from yeah South Korea. Crafton is a is a great example. Um, I mean, uh, we uh, actually have a partnership with a wallet provider called Cypher uh, that works with MasterCard to uh, allow you to spend your your crypto in stores. Uh, So there's actually quite a lot of demand for USDC as that payment crypto of choice for obvious reasons. Um, People would rather, I think, speculate on other currencies than, um, you know, use them in stores. Um, I mean, in the in in Cosmos, just generally, we've seen ish, uh, interest from more sort of like TradFi. And, and I think, I mean, this is like all of crypto, but we have a project called Provenance um, that is uh, somewhat of a spin out or a subsidiary um, of a large um, fintech in, in, in the US. Uh, and so generally, I think um, I would say you have gaming, payments, TradFi, um, I don't know, Sam, if you kind of have another bucket that you would say. Yeah, there's there's a a, a pretty interesting 
I guess what would now be bucketed into, into like D-pin, um, but these folks have been building for a long time. Uh, so Akash is like a um, compute rental market. Um, there's uh, multiple distributed VPN services, uh, energy markets. Um, there's a, a kind of decentralized tour called um, NIM. So a number of these like physical infrastructure networks um, that it just makes sense for them to have uh, their own chain because they they have uh, brick and mortar like resources that they need to coordinate. Um, so maybe they have on-prem installations, or uh, you know they they want like a, a direct connection to physical hardware. Um, so yeah, that, I, I would put that in uh, in its own category as well. Let's let's walk through the hash note. Yes. News. This is super exciting. Um, obviously, our, I, I, I sometimes I, I have dreams about RWAs. What do you dream about? Because, um, real world. <laughs> um, just I just I just have these dreams of you know assets on being on chain. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great dream. Well, I, I'm happy to, to to share some some news that hopefully will make those dreams a reality for you, Frank. Um, so I think, um, so very excited to share this with, with, uh, kind of, um, you, you guys. And today we, we were very fortunate to announce that, um, there is an RWA, uh, real world asset coming to the Cosmos ecosystem. So we're working with Hashnote, um, Hashnote is an asset issuer of uh, an asset called USYC. Uh, it's currently live on the Ethereum network. They have about $50 million or so of TVL. Um, and this uh, asset gives you exposure to uh, US uh, treasury bills. So I think they're yielding something like 5.2% right now um, on chain, which which is quite, quite remarkable. Um, as we sort of approach... Um, you know, kind of more activity, more more enthusiasm around crypto in the coming months. Uh, I'm not going to call it DeFi summer, but summer speculating. I think things like U.S. Treasury bills will be um, a linchpin of this type of activity, um, uh, whether they're being used on various perp dexes or, or just generally as, as a savings mechanism. Uh, and so very, very excited to be working with Hashnote. They're actually um, a team comprised of folks from uh, formerly of Deer. DRW Holdings and Cumberland Labs, which which is a sort of blue chip name in in the crypto space. And uh, yeah, I mean, really Noble's mission is to make these assets as interoperable, as liquid, as seamless to use as possible, as we've done with USDC. We've issued about 90 million uh, so far of USDC in in only about three months. So um, really just excited to see what, um, you know, Treasury bills and RWAs will will, will kind of mean um, for the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and I will say all of these issuers, whether it is Hashnote or you know Ondo Finance or others, they are going. They have a multi-chain strategy. Uh, so Ethereum is not the kind of end of their road in terms of development and implementation. They're they're all looking to go multi-chain. Um, you know, not just in Cosmos but elsewhere. And, and so, you know, really excited to see how that'll all develop. Um, but honestly, it's it's early days, so I think your dreams uh, will will continue. To if you want to, if you want a horrible UI experience, um, one simply only needs to visit treasury.gov and, and try to purchase um, some 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 T bills. It is it is an abysmal experience if you've never done it before. 
Frank, do you promise to give us uh, UX feedback on uh, USYC and Cosmos? I will. I will. I mean, it can't be worse than treasury.gov. <laughs> um, sorry to any listeners of, of the show who are working for our, our, our treasury department. So how do you think, like, thinking about what folks can expect next from Noble in terms of asset offerings? What? Yeah. How does this story unfold? We are, we have a very specific objective, ultra simple, bring as many different assets that are, um, you know, to Cosmos as possible natively, issued natively, stable coins, real world assets, make them as interoperable, as liquid, as easy to use as, as humanly possible. And really, we see ourselves as an ambassador uh, for the issuer. So, you know, as an issuer, your your day-to-day job is not necessarily, you know, knowing the ins and outs of the Cosmos DeFi landscape, right? You might know some stuff, but that might not be your number one job because you have compliance and, and regulatory concerns and, 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 you know, just generally other, other things to worry about. And so for us, that, that, that is where we sort of live. We very much live on chain. Uh, we understand sort of where things are going, uh, from like an adoption perspective, from a crypto, you know, from a crypto adoption perspective. And so sort of being the ambassador for the issuer in Cosmos, I think, lends our, uh, us to find really cool use cases, really cool applications. You know, again, something like uh, $250,000 or so, you know, we've seen in in-store purchases using um, Noble-issued USDC uh, with this uh, self-custodied wallet that I mentioned uh, in stores, um, you know, in, in the last month. And, and I think, you know, because we understand, you know, the wallet landscape in Cosmos, because we understand um, sort of demand, we, we can kind of do these things and, and we can like work on these initiatives. So that's what you can expect, more adoption, more TVL, more more diversity of assets. And honestly, just seeing Cosmos um, continue to grow as a result of that. Uh, there's a bit of a meme going on right now, grow the pie or die. And I think that's really accurate. We're just growing the pie. Sam, what, what, what should we expect in the next six months from Cosmos? Yeah, I actually, in preparation for the show, I I list out just like some things that listeners might be interested in. Um, there are, so I'll just like run run through a few of them. Um, run through them, run through them. Uh, so there's a number of teams that are building IBC integrations into other ecosystems. So it'll just be like easier to interact with Cosmos to get onboarded to Cosmos. So um, Union is building an integration to Ethereum. Composable built, has built an integration to Polkadot. They're working on a Solana and, and an Ethereum IBC connection. Landslide is integrating into Avalanche. Uh, a project called Toki is integrating into uh, Binance Smart Chain and Ethereum. <clears throat> so you'll just be able to kind of like plug into IBC in more places. We're also doing a bunch of work in the kind of modular ecosystem to get IBC connected there. I mean, one thing that we didn't touch on too much is that DYDX is doing great. Um, they're, they announced the other day that they're um, kind of consistently getting uh, volumes on the order of $750 million. million. So it's actually the largest DEX um, in existence right now. Um, Thorchain is also the largest Bitcoin DEX at the moment. Um, so I've been working with them to, to kind of get them more integrated into the IBC ecosystem. They um, There's some like connectivity things that we're, we're doing together. Um, and then Osmosis is kind of the largest um, spot DEX in 
in Cosmos, and they're doing uh, about five hundred million dollars um, uh, weekly volume, and they have uh, hundreds of thousands of, of monthly active users. So they're they're doing great as well. Um, and then yeah, there's like a whole bunch of additional bridges that are um, that are now being activated. Uh, Noble is is kind of stewarding the the CCTP integration, um, but there's also a a WST Atom integration into Neutron, so you can interact more easily with the the Lido and Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, there's a Bitcoin bridge um, Nomic is building, so you can IBC or Bitcoin into Cosmos, uh, and then yeah, Wormhole and Hyperlane are um, are active and uh i've been doing a whole bunch of work with skip to to kind of like harmonize a bunch of these bridges and make it like one click seamless to to kind of get around anywhere um yeah apart from that uh making bridging less scary bridging is bridging is scary um ibc makes it less scary hopefully because there's a lot of i mean the protocol has been formally verified there's a, a lot of eyes and um and it, it's been relatively battle tested, but bridging is absolutely still in its infancy, and it's still scary. Um, that said, the uh, the way that Cosmos is designed, um, people are using bridges behind the scenes in ways that you, you don't really see elsewhere. So you'll you'll kind of do a single click in an application, and then you'll bridge assets from somewhere, swap them, bridge them somewhere else, and then like purchase your NFT. Like that, that all happens under the hood. So the, the way that users are going to, to start interacting with applications, I think is going to, um, to start to run uh, more orthogonal to like the chain that they're interacting with. Like applications will live, they'll, they'll pull in functionality from the chain that is required. Um, and this is kind of how like a normal web stack works, right? Like when you actually go to the block.com, you're interacting with like 50 different servers and the block like uses a CDN and then it like interacts with, you know, this JavaScript host. It's, that's kind of how I imagine a lot of applications will, will end up working at the end of the day. You're going to kind of specialize specific services. Maybe it's DA or, um, asset issuance or whatever, and and you'll you'll just kind of like pull in those resources as needed, and so that's a lot of the like synthesis that's going on now in Cosmos is like getting that developer experience working well and getting the the user experience kind of where we want it. So to Sam's point, uh, bridging uh, definitely uh, is evolving in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, something that Noble recently built that Sam mentioned is um, an implementation of Circle's cross-chain transfer protocol, or CCTP. So this is actually a native way for a user to um, sort of port over their USDC, existing USDC on a uh, CCTP-supported chain. So if I have USDC on Ethereum, I could actually uh, call uh, the CCTP bridge um, I could burn that USDC, mint that on Noble, take that USDC over to DYDX and um, sort of trade there. And CCTP is definitely a, a much more kind of unique architecture than something like a wormhole or, or like an axolar in the sense that it is um, 
uh, operated and sort of um, authenticated by Circle itself uh, in some sense. So they have to actually sign an attestation transaction to say that the USDC that originated on ETH, the, the native asset, is sort of, you know, past checks and, you know, is sort of compliant and that they attest to that message that it can now be burned. It's kind of on a destination chain. So we at Noble definitely believe that this sort of architecture and kind of um, approach to bridging for sort of um, things like stable coins or, you know, RWAs will continue to proliferate because on some level um, you do need that attestation function uh, for um, sort of um, that transaction to kind of be fulfilled. Um, so Noble's uh, kind of implementation of CCTP was actually the first non-EVM implementation. So learned a lot and definitely a much more unique um, kind of approach, I, I, would, I would argue, to, to, to kind of that build out of CCTP. But um, yeah, we're seeing it being used more and more, about 25% or so of transactions um, of, of native USDC coming to Cosmos are actually via this uh, CCTP bridge. And we'll see how much of a USDC uh, moves to Cosmos. That's something we'll track yeah. and keep an eye on. Can watch the leaderboard. Specifically tied to, to the work you've done, which is exciting. Thanks so much for joining the program, you two. Thanks. Appreciate the insights, the information, and the edification. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, thank you for having us. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest, maybe two great guests. We'll see you soon.